Happier Work, Happier Life, episode 21. Thomas Huang here from Happier with Ines Gefsi, co-founder of Female Entrepreneurs Worldwide. Today we discussed what is FEW, finding your purpose, experiencing gender bias as a woman, and what key attributes you need to start your business. So if you're interested in any of these topics, tune in for this podcast. Thank you so much, Ines, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Can you give a quick introduction about yourself? Sure. So my name is Ines Gafsi. I'm the co-founder of Female Entrepreneurs Worldwide. Um, FW, actually, I co-founded this organization about five years ago now with my business partner, Anna Wong. We are a female founder platform, so we help women who want to start a business to learn different business skill sets. Um, and we also help our member to scale in different countries. Um, and yeah, I've been in Hong Kong for seven years, so um, it's almost my home now. And I'm really happy to share more with your audience today. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Um, <laughs> how, how exactly does FEW work and how does it empower women when they're starting their businesses? So I would say there's several components of what we do. We have the FEW Academy where um, we provide different masterclasses, seminars. Uh, we used to do a lot of these offline. Of, unfortunately, this year with the pandemic, we've been fully online, uh, but which has been also great. So we have a weekly um, uh, live stream with different experts uh, from different uh, kind of industries. And the idea is really to touch on different business topics. So it could be marketing. It could be finance, it could be um, accounting, you name it. So we will find the right person to actually share on those topics and answer any questions our members may have. So they can, our members can actually just uh, join live and ask their questions. Um, so that's one way uh, we help our members to uh, learn and sort of learn how to run a business better. Um, we've also been um, doing a lot of uh, conferences every year, so really to sort of bring more role models and inspire more of our members to for success, basically, by having those, um, you know, successful ladies sharing their experience with maybe younger peers. Um, and, and, and we're developing this year, we're actually also planning a lot of um, uh, connections for our members, so a lot of... Um, you know, some members are looking for a mentor or they're simply looking for a vendor, let's say, to help them build their website or do some digital campaign. And it's quite hard sometimes to find someone good in those yeah. fields. So we sort of like uh, vet different vendors that we work closely with and we actually uh, work out different deals for our members because we know entrepreneurs are, you know, looking for budget friendly kind of services. So um, we help our members basically to connect with this kind of service providers. So, I mean, you help other women start businesses. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about your business and how that started. I know you were in marketing previously. So what was your career path and what was the, the time when you were like, okay, I want to start FEW? Right. It's a good question. Um, so I, yeah, I started my career in marketing. I think I've always been drawn to marketing simply because I felt that it was a kind of a creative field where you had a lot of, uh, you could bring a lot of ideas to it. Um, so I started my career actually in London where I worked for two years uh, in different companies. And after two years, I felt like I want to be in a dynamic sort of part of the world. So that's why I moved to, to Hong Kong. Um, and 
the, the experiences I had in marketing were very diverse, but one thing um, happened is that after one year, I always felt that I needed, it wasn't really what I wanted. It wasn't really my true, um, you know, uh, purpose or I wasn't that motivated because I felt like uh, something was missing. And when I met my business partner, Anna, um, we both clicked really quickly and we were both more excited about entrepreneurship. And why entrepreneurship? Mostly because we could feel that having your own business was the one way you could truly um, have an impact. And, and I think uh, we felt like a lot of women around us will feel the same, uh, which I think is a pretty, pretty millennial kind of <laughs> thinking. But um, we, we just felt that actually we realized not that many women around us would know how to become an entrepreneur. Mm. And this is where sort of FW started. We just put together a first event, uh, just like selecting from our network, like uh, four profiles of women who were very successful entrepreneurs. Um, and like 300 people turn up to the events. So we were like, okay, we're not the only one wondering what entrepreneurs are doing and especially women are doing in Hong Kong. Um, so one event that led to another, we became more and more sophisticated uh, in our offering and we realized also how we could help truly women. So not only uh, providing education, but also um helping them uh, raise awareness about their business, sort of championing them through the platform um, and obviously p potentially grow their revenue as well. So being a partner for them more on the longer term in that sense. That's great. Um, you mentioned purpose. This was something we discussed in our last podcast and the guest speaker was saying how for him, he didn't really know how to find the purpose. It sort of just lands in your lap or it happens. But for you, what was your experience and how... How did you find your purpose? Mm. Uh, I think I've always been someone that uh, generally love to help people. like, And I'm a really good connector in a sense that I would have a map of people in my mind and I would be like, oh, this person would be great with this person, etc. And I found that that was really useful. And I was doing it already naturally with just my friends and acquaintance. So I felt like when we started FW, a lot of entrepreneurs would have that need like to find mentor to find advisors to find expert um so naturally I, I just thrive by doing this and i just felt that this is really where i could add value um and that's why i became sort of uh, more in charge of our um growing our community and sort of uh, making that community that the whole ecosystem sort of uh work well together um and that's kind of how i found my purpose and obviously you know you you truly know you have found your purpose when you, you you don't count the hours, right? And you're just like really happy to do whatever you're doing. And and I think it's um it's it's hard for most people to find it. But what I always advise is um you need to do before instead of thinking about it, right? It's like you need to take action, try to try different things. I tried many different jobs. I actually quit most of my other jobs. Uh, but because I knew that it wasn't really where my heart was. And when I started FW, there was the first time I actually it's just actually stick to some roles. So this is where I thought that, okay, I found truly my purpose. That's so good to hear. It's exciting. And it's nice when you really find your purpose and just enjoying what you're doing every day, every single hour. Absolutely. And I believe anyone can do that. And But it's just taking that risk of not looking into a, maybe a traditional career 
and and really exploring more different avenues that can that you can do and 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 you know i started the reason actually why i met anna was because i started volunteering to um ted tedx organization mm -hmm. so there i met a lot of innovators like thought leaders really interesting people and and i really think because i got out of my comfort zone right i was not really in my own circle uh, this is how you know opportunities arise so networking definitely plays a key role. Absolutely. And what what do you look for when you're starting a company and a co-founder? It's very important. I'd say it's like one of the most important aspects of starting something up. So what how how do you evaluate who should be your co-founder and how do you make sure that it's the right person because you've obviously mm. done it? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, I actually find a lot of our members are always looking for co-founders, which is great. I don't think it's a necessity, but I think it's definitely an asset and it's truly helpful, especially when building a business is such a hard, it's a lot of hard work. So basically having more partners, more co-founders is, is tremendous help. Um, I felt that the best way is always to look for someone that has, uh, complement, that can complement you really well. So, um, Hannah's background is much more in PR. And mm -hmm. I think she, she really sort of also have that drive that maybe I was missing of dreaming of some, doing something big for me, I was maybe having this more, um, micro vision of business and she would have the micro vision in a way. So, um, there's a lot of things like this between our personalities that we differ and, um, and I think when, when you find a partner that can really sort of bring, like push you to, to, to do better, uh, and you can also bring a lot to them, um, it's really when it's a win-win. So more than just the skills, you know, I think it's, it's also, um, on how you work together. Can you actually, um, push each other to do better and, and really sort of, um, yeah, build something bigger, but thanks to both your capabilities. So you're always expanding and you were mentioning how to find your purpose, you tried many different jobs. I've heard from some recruiters that sometimes this looks bad because you're jumping around, you're not loyal, but what do you have to say for that? Is it, is it a turnoff when you're looking to hire for your own team or is it something that is more accepted nowadays with millennials and Gen Z? I do really think it's much more accepted now, but uh, it really depends again where I know like uh, some companies would definitely still think in that way that it might not be a good sign. I personally don't think it is. I just think it's it's quite normal like at a young age that you don't you don't have a clear idea of who you want to become. Um, and actually, I, I feel you grow a lot from every single experience. So I would definitely say that I've learned something from any company I've worked with and that I'm bringing that knowledge to my current role. So um, I see this as an asset, you know, someone that has actually been able to work in different industries and had that sort of adaptability uh, to the workplace. Uh, for me, it, it is an asset. So I wouldn't see this as um, something that you know i feel that the world has evolved like mm -hmm. um it used to be something like you need to go through one career pass and work there for 10 years yeah. uh it, it's still worse for some people it's great to do it but i still think for uh nowadays like especially creative roles or um roles that requires a bit more um forward thinking uh way um of being, I think it's it's actually not an issue, and and people don't see this as a as a problem, to be honest. 
So, I mean, when you were applying for other roles before FEW and you had to explain to them or pitch them, you know, why you were in different roles, jumping, what advice do you have for other young people like that who are trying to find their passion by trying different roles? Um, yeah, probably just uh, summarize what each um, each role they had uh, brought brought to them you know how what they learn and actually i think you oh, when you're growing uh into in career you really need to identify what's your strengths and what 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 are your um sort of values or also like what can you br- bring to an organization so um let's say you've you've changed a lot and you went to different industry then you can have an opinion on those industries instead of someone that maybe never been to to one or the other. So um, I, w- I would definitely recommend to always um, bring the positive, what, what was positive about those experiences um, and sort of make it a has- an asset for you. So I had a few questions from some friends who, uh, who sent me questions. And I mean, they know you're an FEW, so they really want to ask more about female empowerment, empowering other women. And... They wanted to know when you've been applying for jobs or even now when you're dealing with many corporations, sponsors, do you feel like you've had to overcome gender bias when maybe applying for jobs or discussing with other companies? Um, personally, I, 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 didn't, I don't think I came across gender bias so much in Asia. <laughs> it wasn't the same thing when I was in France, for example. Mm. Um, but I would say in general, you definitely experience it. Um, it's something actually it takes you a while to realize that you are experiencing it, especially uh-huh. when you're younger. You you would have that um, sort of mindset of thinking that, oh, I'm just young and you're listening to someone older. So so you don't actually take this. Um, you, 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 I have definitely felt like thinking about it later. I was like, okay, actually that was... That was not okay to call me darling or <laughs> that mm. was not okay to, you know, to, to, to put you aside because yeah, you, you might not have been, um, qualified for certain tasks or, or it wasn't okay when people were not listening to you in a meeting and more listening to your male colleagues, but it's something you, you don't realize until you know that this exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's quite important to actually uh, talk about it, and 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 especially we we spend a lot of time working with different corporates on um, on truly sort of making them realize they need to listen more to their female colleagues and create a better environment for them to actually raise up their voice. Um, because I think one thing women uh, still lack of today is um, not necessarily, um, yeah speak up and and it could be just about ideas in the meeting and and I've even been listening uh, to a recent study saying that because of the pandemic and all the meetings going to, through Zoom now it actually been um a, a setback for women who actually don't necessarily speak a lot in, in those meetings mm-hmm. uh comparing to their male counterparts so um sorry back on your on your initial questions I feel it's um it's really uh, still existing a lot, and and it's um, and recently, you know, um, I experienced it as well, just by being pregnant, <laughs> yeah. and by by you know having people would just think naturally that okay, I might not be able to perform X Y Z uh, because because of this, and and it's really interesting. Like people would have those kind of 
um, this kind of mindset. And and I think it's 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 just unfortunately unfortunate that maybe we're lack of education on those topics. And and it's it should be obviously there should be more uh, supportive initiative for women who wants to. Um, still grow even after, let's say, they having uh, a baby, which I think is, uh, you know, caregiving is one of the biggest topic, obviously, for women uh, in career. And I know we could talk for, about this for <laughs> hours, so I don't really want to brag too much on it. But um, but there's a lot of work to do still with large corporations and smaller corporations. So um, yeah, to support more women on their career, no matter if they're women or whatever happened mm-hmm. as a woman, uh, yeah. A large portion of our audience are young women mm-hmm. who may not have the experience or know they're facing gender bias. So how how should they know that they're facing that at that time, maybe at a job interview or when they're speaking in, in a meeting? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in general, I feel it's, um, y- you just need to, to truly probably ask um, the right questions as well. Like, um, I, I, it's difficult for me to say cause, cause it really depends on the situation to be honest. But, um, if they, if they, if they feel like I, I was discussing this with one of our corporate partner, uh, on what would be, um, important qualities to have, right. In, to enter certain companies. And I think actually being able to, to be to show resilience, to be a good communicator, um, is really key attributes to join any kind of company. So really communicate on um, what what are the objective, like what's the agenda of that company? Why who are they interviewing as well? And also, um, it's really hard. Like I wouldn't be able to know. Like one example I had was um, one of my. A uh, friend was telling me during the interview, and it was a woman interviewing her. Uh, oh. That lady was asking her, "So you're close to thirty somethings, and you're not ma- you're married, but you don't have kids. Uh, so does it mean you're planning to have a kid? So obviously this is not okay. Is that, is that allowed in <laughs> it's interviews? Really, it's it is unfortunately there's no um, proper regulations about this. Oh, wow. But um, but I think it's she obviously felt that um, that was pretty discriminating because mm-hmm. that that woman really sort of explained to her that the job will require a lot of working hours and blah 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 and and sort of telling her like if she was planning to have kids that wouldn't be okay for the role so i just feel like this happened and this happened in hong kong in a big company so um is it this is just few stories you can wow. hear so so i do think and it comes from it came from a woman yeah i was gonna ask <laughs> so it's not only men it's 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 yeah it's really um I, I definitely heard a lot in hong kong especially that um most business uh leaders would think that um a woman that is at a time where she's might take that maternity leave might might be more a burden to a company than anything else which i think in my opinion sounds ridiculous mm-hmm. because if you have a good staff and they're just away for like two or four months now um then they'll still be a good staff when they come back and you and the time you spend to actually re- recruiting someone good to actually retain that person uh will be completely will cost you more yeah. than actually losing that person so it's it's just a mindset that is quite unfortunate, but uh, and and I think it comes usually from women who don't have kids themselves. 
themselves as well. Really? And probably my saying that um that this is a vision they have, right? That as soon as you become a mom, you're almost unable to work or something. <laughs> oh wow. Oh yeah. My mom so. went to work after like two weeks and then she had four boys. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's like I don't understand. It's it's a really weird mindset to have because it's it's as a society, it's our responsibility to to support women who are just literally um helping our humanity to thrive really yeah. by having kids. So there's there's actually no it shouldn't be a problem in the workplace. Um and and a lot of uh now I see on the positive side, I see a lot of companies now actually have um, breastfeeding facilities in their mm. office or like, so you see some, some, some companies sort of leading the way and evolving in terms of that kind of mindset, but some who might be too traditional or conservative might still be not there. So uh, I'm curious, how, how did your friend reply or react and what should people do in a situation where they're facing gender bias? Like, how do you how do you overcome that? Or do you just say, okay, screw it. I don't want to work for this company because of oh, this. She obviously didn't want to work for the company after that experience, that awful experience. And she actually talked to a lot of people about it. So it actually damaged a lot the brand. Yeah. Um, so this is why it's actually much more than just an interview that went bad. It's actually probably, um, you know, how word of mouth is, is one of the most powerful uh, um, thing and and then and if people talk that bad about your company for sure you would probably not attract the right talents uh, mm. or less quality talents if you have such reputation and nowadays reputation for businesses is so important and uh, I don't know and so so she yeah she wasn't interested in joining that company anyway so um, th there's not much unfortunately you can do uh, in terms of, like regulations uh, that I'm aware of. Um, but obviously raising that, she actually raised that to me and I actually, um, know, um, uh, one of their top director and who raised that to the CEO, uh, and obviously, um, internally try to, 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 to obviously have a conversation around this. Um, and I hope that this won't happen again. Uh, so I would, I would totally suggest to, to raise the problem to maybe a higher up. Um, a person in the company because mm -hmm. it, any CEO would be concerned that people speak like this about their company. So you mentioned how the community really needs to get together and sort of get more educated. Um, how can men help with this, this situation? Uh, actually, you will be surprised. Men are very supportive. And, uh, and throughout the years of building FUW, we had tons of um, male supporters. So it could be either, uh, you know, financial support. So they are our corporate partners or they are mentors to our members. Um, uh, and, and so it, it's, it's pretty much the same for men and women. I would say um, the opportunity to support other women uh, to grow is, is the same. They, they, they exist and uh, you, you simply need to be involved maybe in the right um, network, you know, it could be our network or it could be this tons of other ways you can actually give back to to the community right if it's in terms of knowledge or supporting different kind of organizations that work towards uh, supporting women entrepreneurship that's that's great to hear mm -hmm. um, jumping into more of a topic on entrepreneurship um, I have to ask given the recent covid 19 it's definitely impacted us impacted many small businesses do you think there's a a bigger impact or a different impact on women-led businesses or less of an impact? Uh, 
I would say it's probably the same for everyone. <laughs> it's a yeah. pretty tough time for for a lot of businesses. Um, what I what I what we observed is actually um, uh, the community got stronger um, because of what happened. So we see a lot of partnerships happen between our members. Mm. Uh, sort of everyone sort of teaming up together, especially in the they're in the same industry. Um, to try to um, adapt really to what's going on. Um, a lot of our members are actually digital businesses um, okay. or tech-enabled businesses. So for them, the impact um, has has been obviously strong, but they also, we see a lot of them sort of um, pivot or innovate, you know, try to really look into their business model and how to adapt uh, to the current situation. Um, and we've actually provided a lot of resources for them on these these kind of ways. Um, uh, but, but but I wouldn't say there's a difference between men or women led businesses. Mm. It's a, it's a tough time, yeah. <laughs> but we'll we'll get through this. <laughs> so part of your like a huge role of FEW is to help women start up companies. Mm. What what goes into decision process? Like how do you know startups aren't for everybody? It's very hard even though on social media it may be glamorous and mm -hmm. easy. So do you ever tell people you're not ready for a startup or like what goes into that consideration? Absolutely. It's a great question. Um, I totally agree with you. Definitely startups is not for everyone. And, and we see uh, over the years, you know, we saw a lot of women sort of, it's a typical profile to say, okay, I've, I have 10 years of experience in a certain career. Um, I'm, maybe I'm having uh, kids. I want more flexibility. I want to find my purpose. Uh, these are the motivators to start a business, and we would we would absolutely warn them that this is going to be a completely complete change of of course of the way of working and the mindset. Uh, most importantly, um, what we usually do we go through sort of their business model and how, what they're doing, and we actually provide guidance on different uh, things. One thing that I observe is a lot of women don't actually really lack of knowledge in terms of, um, you know, finance, fundraising. They might not even think of fundraising for their business. Uh, and, and, and it could be think, having that mindset of like, I just want something small, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which we sort of, it's okay for some, some businesses, it could work. Uh, but for a lot of them, we actually encourage them to, to, to think bigger. Simply, if you want to sustain, you actually have to, uh, have a bigger vision uh, of your business. Um, so we, yeah, I would say we we definitely uh, spend time, look at their projects and tell them, um, sort of almost identify, do they have the characteristic uh, and the, the the traits that would really help them to to succeed? And ambition is a really important one. So for the young people listening who are considering either going into a large corporation or a an established startup or SME versus starting their own thing, what advice do you have for them when they're trying to decide which one to go to? Um, I'm actually a believer that it's quite good to start a career in big corporation because you would learn the roots and you would learn um, sort of how to, in a way, a bit more, it's a more systematic way of working, right? Corporates are very structured. So you would find the structure that you need, especially at the start of a career, uh, when you want to learn um, something, the key sort of funda fundamentals about a, a certain career. Um, but, you know, starting also with um, startups is good because you you learn a lot about different things. And that's usually what's appealing to a younger generation. And 
that was personally my appeal when I started my career. Um, but I just found that both, both are okay. It really just depends on what's your end goal, right? Like, so, um, some people will both find themselves that a startup is not structured enough for them. It's quite stressful. There's a lot of uh, uncertainties in the way uh, you work or, or you're re requested to, to be really, um, really agile and adaptable. And, and that might not work for everyone. So it's more about sort of knowing yourself. And, and if, you, if you were someone that just really happy with a stable nine to five and 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 you're really striving a sort of more yeah stable environment then then startup might not be the right place um but on the other hand if you are uh, bored of maybe the processes and hierarchy and and you want to have a direct impact on the business then maybe a startup could be a good option so say someone wants to experience a startup but they're not ready to start their own company what what should they be looking for when they're interviewing, looking for startups to join? Like what makes a startup good versus a startup that might give you a bad experience? Mm, I, I would say that actually from feedback we got, because we work with a lot of uh, young talent. Mm -hmm. We obviously always been hiring a lot of young talents and um, most of them are always really happy to they were kind of ready to, to work quite hard, but also they they're really open to 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 different uh, different options so it's hard to tell like why a startup would be good or not good for them but they probably want to ask themselves uh, the reason why they want to join this startup in particular like could it be because their mission resonates a lot with them um or because the skill set that they're going to learn there let's say if it's in tech business then would be probably more advanced uh, then they, if they join a big tech tech company, uh, because they would have to touch on all the different sort of, um, yeah, probably they would they will do and they will see a lot <laughs> when you're in a startup. You you have a access to kind of all the um, uh, the tentacles of the of the business, right? So uh, it's I wouldn't say there's bad startups. Probably a startup that is a bit too small might not be as exciting as uh, when, when they say like, they already have like 10 staff and it feels like the project is not at the initial stage, but already sort of um, in business in a way. Um, that's probably when it gets a bit more exciting. Um, but also being at the very big, very start of something is exciting because you see how someone build a project from A to Z, right? Mm -hmm. So really depends on what they're looking for. And I mean, I... I think all of the experiences are super useful no matter where you go afterwards. Absolutely. You mentioned young talent, how you deal with a lot with um, yeah, young talent. So what, what do you look for as an employer when you're hiring? Um, I would say communication is really important. So we always look for someone that is able to vehiculate um, ideas and articulate them well. Um, because no matter... The role they will have in the company, they would need to be um, in touch with different stakeholders. Uh, so it could be clients or it could be uh, partners or just even team members. Um, so someone that is actually not too shy to communicate or um, that is able to express themselves clearly uh, is quite important. 
Um, second, now we would obviously be very honest with maybe the workloads or um, or expectations. You know, like what what we're looking for you to bring to that role, um, and and obviously having someone confident to deliver uh, is is an asset, of course. Um, and we, we obviously look for someone uh, resilient. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think resilience is really important in startups uh, and in workplace in general. Um, and being able to to be a good collaborator uh, because you would work. It's it's really about understanding that no matter what you're doing or bringing to the company, it has to be a team effort. And if you're not able to play um, a good role in that team, then it would be um, it would be more difficult. It would actually penalize the others, right? So it's yeah. really important to for us to find someone like this. Any red flags that if you see this, you're like, okay, they are not joining my team. Um. Well, uh, I think it's uh, it would be more like common sense, you know. If we see someone that it might not be. Um, you know, that is late or that doesn't sort of, is not really responsive when we're trying to, to get information on certain time. Um, I think in general, you have to see the passion straight away when you're meeting someone, you have to feel that that person truly is interested in your business. So they have done their research um, and they know why they're here and why they want to join. And I think that's, that's something if I asked to 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 a candidate like why why do you want to join us and if they have no clue <laughs> yeah. obviously I would feel like okay you might not have um, you know the the real gut to to for the role so uh, so so it's pretty common I would say there's no there's nothing that um, uh, that would it would be an, especially after one meeting right it's quite difficult to say if that person is suitable or not but definitely if um, if they show passion from the start uh, it's it's a really good thing. What about for people who are more shy or more timid? How how can they show their passion without? Mm. You know, it's absolutely it's hard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I hope that we're making them always comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we're always trying to, at least. Um, in general, it's uh, it's it's it comes down to um to pushing themselves, right? Because you only have that one hour to convince. And I think in life, it's it's like this for everyone. The first impression is the most important. So even though you have a your interlocutor is trying to be supportive, you need to make the effort to uh, to get out of your comfort zone. And if you're a, a shy person, then you need to push yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing. How can people get more information and connect more with you, with FEW, and learn more about all the great stuff you're doing? Uh Quite simple. Visit our website. <laughs> so um, basically, our um, platform is is really open and free for anyone to join. So we have a lot of resources there. Like I mentioned earlier, we have a live stream every Thursday uh, with different experts. It's uh, completely free to, for anyone to join and ask questions. Um, we we always encourage um, uh, people to sort of um, get in touch with us directly if they have any need in particular. Um, so all information can be found basically on our website, but, um, we, we really don't have any, um, you know, you don't have to be a successful entrepreneur <laughs> to talk to us. You can, you can just be in a growing phase, or if you even have just questions about entrepreneurship or how to become an entrepreneur, like this, is, um, something our team is more than happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ines. Thank you. Thank you.